It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. We have begun a new calendar and another 25,000-year cycle as we journey into a new realm of reality through the windows in your mind. We now begin with the knowledge of humanity and its divine origins from intergalactic conversations from the past and present. Let us look through a window into the ever-evolving consciousness and explore new possibilities with our place in the cosmos and the quantum world. Grandmother Parisha of Cherokee Heritage reveals the wisdom of the ancient past that will lead us into a peaceful future. Experience the love and peace through the exceptional wisdom of Grandmother Parisha as she shares science and ancient knowledge merged together to benefit all of humanity. Greetings. This is Windows in Your Mind, and this is Parisha, your host. It's really fantastic to be back in this slot of time with you and to talk about some of the exciting things that's going on and the whereabouts and the roundabouts and walkabouts that I've been doing. So we got this hour where we're going to tune into galactic information as well as earthbound walkabouts. So settle down, get a cup of tea, get a notepad should you want to take some notes, and let's talk. Some of the things that you guys are sending through through Facebook and on the, the fan pages and stuff are really some very extraordinary and fantastic news. So again, I encourage you to please keep doing that. And it just gives a lot of base to talk from and to work with. Uh, I'm still working to get settled enough to where I can actually do some call-ins and have you call in. Maybe we We'll even start doing some pre-recordings for that reason. But right now, just hearing from you and getting your questions and kind of picking the general uh, interest up front that everybody has has been working very, very good. So we'll continue to do that, and I encourage you, please continue to stay in touch, connect, and tell us what you're thinking. Okay, I give again... A lot of accolades for the wonderful work that our team here on LOA Network with Jules is going. And uh, know that we keep your best interest and your success always in everything we do and how we move and what we talk about. I'm recently doing some sharing on the Facebook, our LOA Facebook. So definitely there's another place you can leave some messages and actually let me know what you're thinking and what you're doing. So basically, we can actually uh, do a little bit more probably in-depth directness, like, you know, letting me know who you are and what you want to know. And let's just try it. Just keep going till we find something that's 100%, okay? What I want to talk about is that recently we've just had some fantastic planetary work and uh, with all of the work that I do with the particular professionals in science, research, medicine, and so forth, and I'm, uh, I run into people who are very staunch disbelievers. You know, they're not open-minded. I don't really have a problem with what anybody's belief model is. I mean, we all move to whatever our interest is and whatever we've been able to accumulate and study. So there's there's no reason to have any kind of real judgment on any of that but when when you're talking to people such as I talk to that are on leading edge of different researches and are actually dealing with the microscopic world and the quantum world okay meaning the things that you and I just don't always see with the naked eye you know not a part of your everyday furnishings right and still they have some kind of just, you know, withdrawal. I just kind of watch how they withdraw. Their whole aura kind of shrinks. 
when you want to talk about astrology or planetary influences or the universe at large, no matter what the conversation is, they're just not ready to handle that. They don't want to get in on that conversation. And so with me, whenever I see that, uh, I can't say I back off. You know, I kind of get in there and get a little bit more in-depth with my questions and asking, you know, like, what's their situation or what, you know, what is it that turns them on and so forth and on so that I can actually talk at whatever point of interest or level of knowledge that they have on things. And most of them just see it as parlor, you know, tea party and parlor games and stuff like that until you can actually start putting in some astronomy and actually talking about Hubble telescope and getting into some of the, you know, up-to-date space news and different probes and stuff and all of the, you know, adventures where we're out probing other planets and that. And so I ask them, you know, the questions that we need to consider as well when we, you know, we just accept because it's just easy. We're open-minded, so we're okay with that. And maybe there are, you know, those critics and those non-believers. Maybe they, you know, maybe they have something to offer us by actually challenging us to explain why we accept it or just what do we base our beliefs on. And so when you really get in touch with that and then you feed that back to them, you know, like, how, you know, I, one of the first things I bring in is like... Uh, you know, you are, you're aware that the moon actually has effects on the ocean tides. I, You know, what blows me away, beloveds, is that sometimes, and I mean maybe if I talk to 15 people, seven or eight of them don't even know that the tides come in and out. They don't. They'll, they talk about they've heard of it, they know of it, but do you mean the water comes in closer to the shoreline and up? And it's like, yes, it does. The water comes in closer and goes out. And, it, well, what makes you think the moon does that? Well, the magnetics that the moon cycles have actually have effects on those particular tides. And then you can get into that. Then you talk about solar flares. You know, that's a real easy subject because that information is really out there. Now, I love how pronounced and visible... Uh, actually the news and updates are on the solar flares. I do a lot of that. There's this wonderful uh, friend, Deb Adler, that's, and uh, Darlene, uh, that actually feed me a whole lot of the solar information they get from all the various resources that they're, you know, very much involved with. And those solar flares are interesting to me because of the indigenous perspective of how I was raised is everything's connected. You know, and whatever is going on with the sun is going to obviously go on with the earth, and whatever is going on with the earth is going to go on with our physical environment and body, so forth and so on. So when the solar flares come, you know, I'll say to them, well, did you see on the other night news that they said there's been this particular sun activity, and they're expecting some magnetic effects of that to where our cell phones and computers and internet that kind of stuff might start acting kind of glitchy and and they'll automatically you're talking technology so they automatically go well yeah 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 i know i heard that yeah i, I understand that okay if you understand that do you think that that doesn't have any effect on our physicalness oh no 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 that that's all about radio waves and you know, those particular frequencies and all of this and that. And it's like, yes. Now, now, listen, remember, I'm talking to scientists and people in different research programs. It's like, yes, in all of those particular environmental energies have effects on our cellular mass. Hmm. You know, and then there's a little of this or that. And then they get into it. And they're a little bit more open to plants and seeds. I don't... I don't really go, you know, overboard on it. I once I put the seeds in there to actually stimulate the inquisition or the questioning of it, it becomes good. And then later on, catching up with these people maybe months later or something, 
how fast and willing. It's like it's a contagiousness, you know. It, they're so they want to come up and talk about it right away. You know what? I was checking into blah blah blah, you know, and they're all excited and things like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool, you know. And that's what's happening now with what people. I would say, you know, this percentage of people that I've kind of been doing my Johnny Appleseed thing with planting my little questions in there and. And especially, you know, scientists are such an easy target for this because, listen, they're always, they're always researching and checking and they want to know. So when you give them enough to make them want to know more, then you know they're going to go find it. That it's just really awesome what they can come back with. So I was amazed at attending a recent situation where there's quite a few hundred people in various research, some, you know, medical professionals as well and so forth, and that, you know, the people that I have planted those seeds with coming back and talking to me about the eclipse that we just had with our September harvest moon and the effects they knew of that and what about Jupiter and what about this and, what you know, and I'm listening to that and I'm just, you know, inside smiling, definitely not doing anything with my face because I, I don't want to offend them. I'm just very, very delighted that they're actually talking about that. And then, then they share that they picked this up, they read something about that in the newspaper, in the science section. You know, it's like, you did. And just realizing that there's this natural inclination in us to really know. So, you know, whenever I run into the people who are very closed and very protective they don't want to let anything in that they you know that they can't really control or have absolute uh, jurisdiction over they just can't you know they they don't know how and it's like with you and I we're just open-minded you know I hear some stuff I'm sure you do and at the moment I hear it you know I think whoa that's pretty out there you know and then of course because it's pretty out there I'm gonna go find out more about it you know and then I find out what this is and what that is sometimes I'm not easy with it you know not everything but I still know that that doesn't mean anything that just means particularly that whatever my persuasions on this is isn't necessarily maybe all that somebody else might know or be interested in it and but to I don't I have never been one to like turn it away or close the door on it. And if it's something, and, and, and I find I'm going to be 76 in October of this year. And what I have found in all these years is that something that comes around today that might be one of those, hmm, not real sure what I think or feel about that or if I'm even interested in it, and I put it kind of over there, you know, and then just realize how as, as the days go on and situations and the interweaving of, you know, in and outs of people and events and reading and all the other things that we do to gather the information that makes up what life is to us, how that changes. You know, it's like you know, something will come up like, oh, you know, so-and-so was saying something about that about three, four months ago. Or maybe last year, I think somebody had that one event was actually speaking on that, you know, and so forth and on. And that's pretty much where I went with uh, the UFO community. You know, very much, uh, many of you I'm sure already know that, you know, on my mother's side I'm Cherokee and that I was raised by that particular influence and culture. And for the Cherokee, we call ourselves Anna Yunguia, and we, you know, we believe and accept and live and interact with everything in our day-to-day -day life as being from the stars and from the, that the Pleiades are our mother universe. So never is there a discussion that says, you know, I, I, I'm not recalling anything where any, I heard anybody say, we're not from here, we're not of Earth or whatever just that particular terminology you know the Pleiades is our mother universe and then you get to be an adult and you become this inquisitive mind and you start saying hmm, what does that mean you know 
mother universe. You know, but if this is the solar system I'm in. What would, what does that mean that, you know, I'm, I'm from the Pleiades. You know, my origins is Pleiades, and it's my mother universe. And so that began to lead me into looking deeper into how to talk about that, how to. You know, when people, it, it was easy enough to say because you just grow up hearing it, right? But then people would actually say, so what does that mean? You you believe that you're from the Pleiades? Well, not me physically in this body, no. But that would be my genetics and that would be, you know, definitely that part of me, some part of me from somewhere out there. And then I just realized, okay, you're fumbling this. Get out there. Find out. Be able to talk intelligently to it, you know. And and satisfy yourself, first of all. Satisfy yourself and come to some sense of peace with it. And then after that, you know, I never had any... We do in our ceremonies and in, in our particular way of life all creation is included, you know. I work very much in ceremony and my work, what, you know, what we consider our way or the medicine way is called Nuwati. And in that I would be a Laku, which is one who spiritually activates and works in those particular alchemies and so forth. And it was just natural. It was as common as going in because it's, you know, 11 or 12 o'clock and maybe have a sandwich because it's lunchtime. You know, it's just part of the day. You know, just it's what happens in the day. And so as I got into people asking and wanting to know more, I had to find a way to, you know, intellectually as well as intelligently talk about it. And I realized we include the elements, the wind, fire, you know, earth, water, and all of the elements are just a natural part of everything with us. So that, and one of the things that I speak very often on is in our language. My grandmother spoke Lati, which is the, one of the original dialects of our people, the Cherokee. And a lot of recent studies and inquiries has said that our root race is actually from Atlantis. So that the, this language came of itself, especially the Cherokee weren't always considered part of Native American indigenous people in the way they looked, in the way, just like the Algonquin people have a very almond-shaped face. So there are physical structures that have brought questions in, in research and looking. And like I said, now definitely someone looking very much through uh, Edgar Casey's readings and how that coincides with other historical markings and so forth and on that Cherokee is part of the root race from Atlantis and then it's like okay and then from that our origins was the Pleiades and so forth and so on and I realized that that's just not me that's you that's all of us we're star seeds here. So as inhabitants of this earth, you know, uh, very recently I was talking to this wonderful man who's very active in his work with the veterans and veterans programs that I love and do a lot with. And he said to me that he had uh, one of those ancestral things done on him. And he said, and he found out that he's part Neanderthal. And he had such a great laugh with that, you know, I'm Neanderthal and blah, 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 you know. And uh, he said, so my wife isn't Neanderthal, she's da-da-da-da-da. So he said, you know, I'm part of the apes. And he, he, you could tell he was uneasy about it. He didn't know how to deal with it. And I'm just looking at him because it's like I didn't have any answers at that point. You know, it's like, well, okay, so what does that mean, you know. And then, like he said, I talked to a person who works very much with the Mormons' uh, record-keeping of origins and history, family history trees and stuff, and he said, as being, and this, this was with him and I in a private conversation, by the way, he said, in being told that you are, that you have some Neanderthal, 
that would mean that basically my origins go back to the real inhabitants of this planet. And I, I'm looking at a man, you know, like I said, a, a very stately person, uh, you know, that's really into other things. And I, I, you know, I don't, in business and other things, I don't just sit around and talk about the spiritual things and ceremonies that I do. I don't hide them by no means, but somebody opens a question, I answer it quite literally to fact, okay? And I said to him, and how do you feel about that? And he says, well, I, it's, it's led me into a whole new area of research and looking into that. He goes, you know, we, we are made up of so many different genetics that, you know, you have to start asking yourself, you know, along with that, it's, he said it took me into looking into the brain and about the left and the right brain hemisphere. And he said, it's wonder that we can even make a decision to get up and walk out the door. And I started laughing and I said, and that being, he says, well, you have all these different mixtures in you. And obviously, mine's part of the apes. I'm the Neanderthal. And then he said, and then I got a left and a right brain hemisphere that's always in contradiction to each other. And he says, and then so you wonder, how is it that you ever really make a decision? So we had a great life, you know, a great laugh out of that and talk about our lives and everything's going on. But then it's like at some point or another, I, I begin to look at that from my own perspective and, and ask myself, why? Did you have a particular satisfaction, even deeper than satisfaction, uh, an acknowledgement, a silent acknowledgement in myself when the research about Atlantis came? And I realized that in these little moments to where you drift, you know, you just kind of step out of time and Maybe it's just a beautiful balmy afternoon, or maybe it's just that there's just so much going on, you take a time out and you just let the mind, you know, go and just be there. And I realized how many times, I mean, since I was a child, how many times I drifted into a middle world or a imaginal world someplace that often as I have gotten you know, an adult, and into reading a lot and some of the things I'd learned about Atlantis, actually thinking at those times, well, you know, that's kind of familiar. And a peace that it gave me, a very strong peace that it gave me. And so then I realized that when a friend had asked me some years back, because like I said, I had never been really active in the UFO community, I, we, I accept totally and had always been aware that in some of our Kiva ceremonies, in our very private ceremonies, that people people that were not common or of the earth were present. I don't know how else more to tell you that, okay? And, you know, who can accept it? Fine, those who can't, that's all right, too. But that was part of my life and just raised in it, okay? So then this friend said to me you know would you come and of course a lot of my sophisticated friends was they were into many esoteric things but didn't talk about didn't believe had no patience at all with people who were out here with the ufos okay and everything so it's like well there's that and then there's this and at this point i simply had taken time to say well if it's, if it's something you feel I'd be interested in, she goes, I know you will. And there's all kinds of very powerful political and scientific and different professionals that are speaking about their experience with the UFOs. And I told her, well, you understand that UFO just means unidentified. It doesn't actually have to say that it's outside, you know, our earth perimeters there's those who actually understand there's an inner earth so a ufo just says unidentified so if we're talking about the interstellar world we're talking about the inner earth and there's many indigenous people that are aware that the reason we have you know uh the kiva activities and how our kivas are set up is because we're always prepared that the subterraneans may very well join us and 
she said, well, that's a part of it that I'm not aware of, but I think with that you would enjoy hearing all of this too. So I went. And this has to be, oh gracious, has to be a good eight, nine years, even longer, maybe 10 or 11 years, that I actually went to the first one and then have been just kind of dropping in here and there every once in a while on the community and seeing where it goes and actually meeting a woman who lives in Phoenix, a doctor who is a very renowned MD. She and her husband actually was part of the Phoenix Light uh, episode of where they, uh, the whole city of Phoenix saw this UFO. So it's like there are very valid stories and very valid information out there. Dr. Stephen Greer who actually is very, very active with our government and challenges our government to stop being so secretive and, and in such denial of the actual factual interaction here. What blew my mind, beloveds, is about a year ago, uh, I'm listening to the television, the news, and there was a premier from Canada who was just out of office I don't know, like, if it, you don't win the election or what, but he had just finished his completion in his government seat and was no longer of that seat, and that he actually stated in his interview that there are many aliens in political positions in all of the world governments. And when he first said that, you know, it's like it, your brain is in that place to where it's either focused on something and then you're grasping everything that's coming through or sometimes it's just stuff that's floating out there some of it you grab some of it that you don't and I don't know what preceded whatever he was whatever was happening on the news before him but it was like bells went off and you know lights flashing and everything else when he said that so it's like I was on my way out or going through the room and backed up and come back and took a listen to that, and it was a very brief statement, not handled very much. And I dug and dug and dug and couldn't find any more information. It finally cropped up on the internet a little bit. And so it's like, okay, these are things that our old ones are saying. These are actually realities that our people are actually trying to share. And because most indigenous cultures are considered very backward and not fully modern and, you know, and not to say that we don't have our share of problems with our youth and particular the addictions and stuff like that, you know. But at the same time, we're, we're very much uh, rooted in that particular understanding and, the, and that particular acknowledgement. And when this come about, it's like, who who's really talking about it and doing that? And when you go, like the events they went to, uh, very recently, you have thousands of people that come. You have definitely high political retired uh, representatives that are talking about it. You have retired top military people that are talking about it. And I mean, you're not just talking, you know, uh, like most everybody considers that it's just the woo-woo kids or the weirdos or whatever. Okay, these are highly acknowledged, credited professionals. So, you know, how much denial can you have that there is more, far more to us than we're actually willing to look at, okay? And that our genetics are yet to be even more dis discovered and, and uh, visible. You know, it's like, who are you really? It comes back to when I watch it, and I'm into so many activities and various, they're just, you know, there's just various things that go on. And I make sure that, you know, the way I go about handling things is I go to where I believe with all my heart I can be of a greater assistance. And in that, I learn as much as I ever give. And that, that keeps me in the state of always moving and evolving with it. And I find people shallow. And people, you know, even if they're very religiously oriented and very faithful in, you know, their religious uh, rituals and practices. They're very shallow. And when I talk to those people, I realize subjects like what we're talking about, you know, Atlantis, UFOs, and 
planetary involvement and all this and that. They are actually forbidden that. Forbidden it in as much as it would be a great sin, a great bad thing for them to open themselves or participate in discussion of it or investigation of it. I don't know where you're at with that. Uh, and I, I surely am not here trying to persuade anybody to mind. But I am just so uneasy with that. Curiosity is probably in capital letters as far as I am and who I am in my life. I love people. I love the different cultures and peoples of our world. I love I love going to places and learning to more about people whose languages and perspectives on things are, are different in some ways. But on the basis of, our, of what we are as humanity, our likenesses far, far, far outmeasure those differences. And those differences are mostly just geological, like nature. You know, uh, you don't find the same species at this part of the, the country than you would over here to this or that. The desert has these particular kind of creatures, and the forest and the Northlands have those particular. So it's, it's you know what I'm saying? There are those accepted natural particulars, but in this regards, humanity, we are all humanity. And when I when I meet humans that have a particular uh, existence beyond mine, different than mine, I I just I, I get drunk on that, beloveds. So I just love that. So the shallowness that I watch is when I see people. Uh, they're nervous, you know. They're they're anxious. Um, I, I could label it fearful, I'm sure I could, but at the same time, it's even more than that. I think it's more personal than just fearful. Fear is just, you know, that 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 ugly thing that can just get a hold of you, but that anxiousness or those anxieties are little worried things inside of us. And uh, when I watch that, it's like, uh, I, I definitely don't introduce any topic that I know that would definitely you know, put them against the wall on it or nothing, but I feed a little bit in there, like make some kind of casual statement about, you know, okay, there's going to be a beautiful full moon. They call it the harvest moon. So I guess that means our farmers and those who grow and work with the land will be paying a lot of attention with that. So basically for all of this, it helps me know how to bring some of this to them. And then they reach out to me. They reach out. And when they reach out, I realize that there's something that they're reaching for. And I believe that it's the open window and door that I can be, that the, the very nature of myself that is ever so aware of the ever-changing facets of Creator. And I realize that in these cases, when we start talking about our origin and what I accept, because inevitably somebody will say, so basically, because when they ask me, I have no hesitance to say I'm not of that religion, whichever they may be. And I say, if, if someone had to describe me in a religious term, they probably would say, you know, native spirituality, native Christian Buddhist, you know, uh, Judaism, Hinduism, and I started looking, and I said, well, basically, you'd probably say I'm this mixture, you know, and I, I told him, but my church is, this, you know, is the rock, the earth, all parts of nature, and uh, I, I have great joy sitting with other people in their worship. I have sat with all religions in their worship and have had great joy in that. And in watching their readings and stuff, it all comes back to the question of what we accept and we believe as our origins. And when we come to that, the only answer that makes any sense, no matter how uh, religious you may be or how well-read you may be and researched and so forth, and 
is the only way you could exist is from some greater intelligence that weaves and exists in all of it. In my culture, we have names and different ways we relate to that, that, you know, many people have often asked me, you know, are you into animal worship and all that? And I say, I worship all creation, you know. If you mean by worship, giving it acknowledgement, respect, and, uh, you know, consideration, yeah. And, but basically, like, our gates, how we will use different people and different creatures of nature to represent different things that make up what we do. And I, I just have always seen that as inclusive. It doesn't, you know, particularly mean that I worship a buffalo, you know. It doesn't mean that I disrespect and don't know the importance of a buffalo and that I use the buffalo to describe my north gate because of its just absolute abundant giving and generosity. The, the fact of what it has been for many peoples as far as survival. You know, just there's different things. But anyway, I just find that every one of us who have found something you you you're all people of some particular gift you know that fingerprint says you have a uniqueness that's yours and when we meet each other we reach to each other for that that's what we're looking for for that peace that you are for that individuality that is so special in just you and that begins to lead us then into origins in you know, I meet people, and, and I'm finding out in all of these ancestral studies how these people who have actually done the genetics and stuff don't have problems with the orientations like these people are from Sirius, these people are from the Pleiades, these people are from over here. You know, when you say that, they, they actually acknowledge that the more we go into it, the further back, we go to its origins, we find galactic answers. And see, for me, quantum science has done that. Quantum meaning the very smallest uh, part of mass or, or energy that we can measure. It, it all still comes back to a source, doesn't it, beloveds? It all comes back to whatever sacred name you give that source. And in finding your own peace with that, you are consumed by the love of it. And there's no place in it for fear. There's no place in it for judgment and suffering. There just isn't. And so when we go about what we do, we have to watch that those little shadow things don't sneak back in and don't find some way to almost contradict or sound, you know, little definitely off base that you know to live to walk the talk is how we say it and if it's real it'll grow corn all of those kind of things means you know if it's of the real essence and and I know wonderful people and I sit with spiritual groups and huge huge numbers of people that are in the studies and stuff that I work with and that and the talk they're doing the talk very very good it's when it comes to action, you know, when it comes to the doing, to the walking, that talk, that we have to be aware that we fall short sometimes. We fall back into those old places to where we're taught the fear of God. I, I you know, I, I don't know how, like very recently I made a statement when I was doing a conference with quite a large number of people and there was an interpreter working with me and I said we were discussing the various things that can be used to help you flourish in your day and your activity especially where you know some people we, we are truly blessed here I feel I am extraordinarily blessed I you know I, I cannot give words to that so when I'm talking and working with people who are sharing that they are oppressed and suppressed and so forth and on. Uh, I, I start emphasizing the good of music, the, the good of, you know, like actually getting involved with more play and being part of a group, not 
being isolated and so forth to become inclusive and stuff like that. And I made the statement that I truly trust that you cannot sing and harm at the same time. And, you know, ever, there quite a bit of other things was discussed. And then there was this very staunch person that come on whose voice was very, very, uh, just very, very powerful. And the interpreter said that he had uh, definitely some opposition, she called it, to that statement. And that he feels music is weak, and uh, he feels music, uh, we divert from the very seriousness and the important things, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, if ever there, <laughs> and even the interpreter said that to me, well, here's a very good example of the point you're making, you know. And she said, just, you know, just listening to him. He could use music, you know, he, it would be great if we could just start singing right now and kind of help him turn around, you know. And it, it's that, you know, music helps bring up in us that connection again to our origins, to, you know, to being the reality of that. And it's just those habits, those little habits that you've learned along the way through environment and social exposure and stuff to where we go back to being judgmental or we go back to being against and taking sides or living in, you know, yes or no, you know, not just being open. We, we, we can talk the talk, the peace and the advancement that we're in the process of is actually walking and living that talk. And when I see the shallowness in the people that, that feel, and, and I know that a lot of my friends say, well, those are fundamentalists. I don't know that I understand what that means either, other than that they're trying to tell me how to, that term fits those people. But to live thinking that love has to be feared, I don't know about that. I, I'm telling you I don't want to sit here and be judgmental. I'm saying to you that I just have a great uneasiness with that. And still exploring that, looking for some way to speak to that without being against or opposite or anti and uh, in in what you and I do and who we are those of you who would come to this you know particular kind of program and listen and uh, be here with me and play with me for this hour you know we think out of the box a lot but then again you know how often are we in that box and how often do we give in to fear instead of love? How often do you forget that every scripture on this planet in one way or another says that we are children, that we are the offspring or the very, very reflection or seed of what that sacred source is that we give many, many sacred names? Do you live that? You know, do you live that? And do you live that because you're afraid of damnation if you should break any of its rules? Are you living that with a freedom that says, oops, could do that better, will next time? You know, are you failing forward or are you failing fatal? You know, if, if you're going to go anywhere, you're going to have to step into the unknown, and there's risk factors there, and there's no way you're ever going to get away from that. You won't go anywhere if you're trying to be safe all the time. Now, that does not mean to be reckless. You double-check all of your particular perimeters and prepare yourself as best you know to not run into situations undesired, right? But to be open, you have to step into that. And... I'm always in the best of places with that because I know, and I, it's not that I believe, but stronger than belief, beloveds. I know that that source is always there. The translation of the word, the sacred word of that source is only spoken in the most cautious and, and, and respectful ways in our ceremonies. And what it means is the one that is in all things. So how can I judge you without judging that it is the thing that I say is all things that I'm looking at? How could I take it on myself that no matter how pesty 
how pesty it is. I cannot kill a fly without it being a part of that that is all things. You know, you have to then, then it brings you back home. You know, it brings you back to some definite realities here. So how is it that you can say, you know, that we are the enlightened ones or we're, we're spiritually involved when we're, we're doing some of that ourselves, you know, and then we, we consider those others fundamentalists and that they're this or they're that. Hmm. So we, we kind of got our own, you know, chewing gum stuck to the bottom of our own shoes. So we got some sticky stuff too. And so just basically finding a way to stay in touch with your acceptance. Hear what I said? Your acceptance that you are a reflection and a cell of that which is in all things. And then look around you. Oh, beloveds, look around you to all the beautiful things. As, I, as I'm talking to you, I'm watching an aerial thing that hangs here in front of me that's got all these beautiful little colored pieces of glass that has different reflections on it because of how they're cut and stuff. And it's a dragonfly. And I look at that and it's like, how precious is that? Okay, I look around and see all of the beautiful things that make up the room that I am in. How precious is that? And e even if I want to sit here and say, these are inanimate things. They're just mass. No, they are energy. They are living energy. The walls, everything is moving. Everything is energy. Everything emanates and has its own frequencies and particular uh, emanations because at this point, however I'm receiving them is what I make of them. Someone else may come into the same room and only be struck by whatever the floor patterns are or maybe the window dressing. You know, there'd be certain things that would definitely stand out for them. Whilst with me, I take in the whole room. Every detail of the room is part of my blessing. And in it I know that 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 is in all things is all around me, in me, above, below, left, right, before, and behind me. And that's that's my message to you. And, and all the extraordinary things that we can discuss and talk about and how far-reaching it is that we know and we study and we're interested in all these things. And that... We, for goodness sakes, don't want to become what we have watched our religions to evolve to, the competition and the degradation and the insulting of each other. You know, if there's the UFO people over here and there's the though people over there, and it's, it's okay. That is, the, that is the, the garden that we're in, and we're here to take care of this garden. We're here to participate in this garden. We are its caretakers. So I want to prepare a beautiful space for these people and that people and those people and all the people. And, and in that learning and sharing with them, being able to hug them, being able to touch them. I don't know how you are with people, but when I look at people, I get all into them. You know, my husband constantly cautions me and says, you you need to kind of hold back the, the way that you come on to some people. It's because you come on like you know them all your life, you know. There's a lot of people that are real protective or uneasy with that. And I just looked at him and told, when he said that, I looked at him, and my response was my true response. I said, I don't care. He looked at me and he said, what? And I said, I don't care if that's what they have learned and what they are. What I care about is that I care for them. And however right now they have to accept that or however it affects them, I'm going to touch them with love. I'm going to speak to them of the beautiful things that I believe and know. I'm going to share my excitement for every moment and breath of life. And if it makes them a little uneasy in this particular moment, it will nurture them as they move ahead. And I believe that. I believe that. That's why I do this radio show. I do this because this is the way I live. It's not what I do. It's who I am. And I would say to you, get in touch with those origins. Yeah, we can say we're from the Pleiades or Sirius or wherever. 
But are we really going to lock into that or are we going to say, I am a child of God. I am as God is. And live, live that to the very best of our ability. And know that every time we do anything, we can ask ourselves, is this how I would see God doing it? Is this just what I would know of what God would do? And then let that be the way you live and how you move forward in your life, in your day. Okay? So at this point, they're telling me that my time is up on this hour, that I need to move ahead. And I know that I've promised to actually do a few more uh, recordings as we're moving along. So what I will do is get busy on that as well. But know I love you, that as you're traveling, I wish you to keep up with us here on our Law of Attraction Network Radio and that you send blessings every day to our beautiful jewels for all the wonderful mothering and keeping that she does in care of us. As well as she constantly makes sure that you get the very best of whatever she can produce. And in that I would like to say you have a great day and I will catch you up on the next time that you fly through my particular little space of life. Okay? All good things. Well, okay, it's that time of being complete again and going forward to assimilate and use what we've shared and learned. It's with love of humanity that I serve, and it's always good when you're with me. I value you in your time, so I say to you, Olama Liaha, we are family. Walk in beauty upon the great Mother Earth and be the blessing that you are. I send you my hugs and kisses on the breeze and in the sun. Beloveds, I am always with you. Have a wonder-filled week and celebrate all good things. For those of you who want to keep in touch through Facebook, remember that it's www.facebook.com C-O-M, slash forward and it's V-E-N period P-A period R-I-S period H-A. And make sure that you share what you want to say and share your stuff. And I look so forward to that. So until then, know we are blessed. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Grandmother Parisha on your journey to the windows in your mind. For further information or to contact Grandmother, please visit parishas-world.com. P-A-R-I-S-H-A-S-world.com.
Trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue. Clouds of white, the bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky. Also on the faces of people going by, I see friends shaking hands, saying, "How do you do?" They're really saying, "I love you." I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They're like much more. To myself, what a wonderful world! Yes, 
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.